Hey guys, I know you are just dying to hear the second half of this conversation about prepping with me and my husband Tom and wait no longer, it is here. All your questions, all the things you could ever hope to know about being prepared for any scenario, I got you. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's take a step back and talk about like prepping in a holistic kind of journey sense because nobody starts off an expert at anything, right? And and so, you know, early on I I had a I referred to it as a go bag where I had a bag that I could live out of and it became a bag that my wife and I could live out of and it was a pretty big bag a big actually. Bag. <laughs> um but you it, wouldn't want to carry it around on your back, but we carried it in our car. Every time we left the house, we had our bag. In generally case we speaking, we had to not come home or is something And happened. granted, we did a lot of travel at that time. So to give you some context, we traveled over a mountain range at all times of year in the middle of the winter. And, and it wasn't that I needed everything in that bag, but that bag I knew had everything I needed. So if I, I didn't have to go through some silly checklist of like, do I have this? Do I have that? I threw that bag in the trunk and I had everything I needed to deal with a breakdown in the dead of winter, in the dead of night, on a mountain pass with 12 feet of snow on each side of the road. And that was normal for us. I My cousin went over the guardrail on his way to work in the mountains and spent some time on a mountainside where no one knew he was there until he rescued and, himself. Uh, again, I, I worked in those mountains as a firefighter, responded to extremely rural areas, and I knew that peep that happened to people all the time. So what might seem like a crazy response to someone listening to this, like, gosh, that's like way overkill. Are you serious? A, those conditions were real for us. And B, I responded to the people who weren't prepared all the time. So that's also what kind of where led me, but I digress. Like I started with a go bag that had everything I needed and if I, I brought it, if I thought I would need anything. And from there, you know, a certain aspect, I would say like I had a closet in our first house that had some stuff in it, um, varying range, but it was kind of like, that was about it. And then we moved to a house where we were able to plant a garden. And, you know, I love gardening, but it was also, you know, we planted fruit trees. It's a preparation, you know, you're you're planting a seed for something that will give you something more down the line that you might not have to depend as much 
on the outside system. So we planted a lot of stuff that was fruit bearing at that house. And, um, you know, and from there we, we did move to a rental for a while where we were woefully unprepared in the land, but it was our in-between place as we were looking for um, the land we would land on. The land we would land on. <laughs> but uh, then we ended up in Tennessee on acreage. But it was, it was like the more that you can design your life for not, it's not bunkers and bullets, you know, but design a life that fits where you're at, where you're at and what you want out of life that also creates some built in preparations, you know, and we live on a piece of land that we looked for quite a while. We were very sort of painstakingly looked for, we had a list of features that we wanted, but there's three springs of fresh water that come out of the ground on this farm. There's well water and there's city water. And we have, now we have a backup generator and a greenhouse um, and a garden, a greenhouse and a garden and f- a orchard full of fruit trees and uh, land to raise some animals on. And, you know, like it's a lifestyle for us. We love it. We would do it either way for us. Now that could look some diff- completely different, but but also similar to someone else, even if you just wanted one acre or a half an acre, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a farm. That is for sure. But, you know, and I would, I would say like one of our weak points is we owe the bank money on this farm, you know, where someone else would highly encourage someone else. If they say, well, I can buy one acre in a house in cash, that might be a better idea from that if from a preparation standpoint than the 20 acres you got to borrow on like you know I'm full transparency here it's like again financial preparation is just as important but it's 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 a journey like where you start is not where you'll end and like what's interesting and I've kind of reflected on a lot in the last few years since living on the farms I don't think about prepping in my like daily life nearly this definitely not the same way and not to the same amount that I used to because I used to feel those insecurities of like well when I lived in a townhouse and just had a go bag it's like well if something really crazy happens like I don't have a place to go like I might I don't own anything I don't have my place you know so home ownership was big for me but now that we have like a, a ton of potential to be somewhat self-sufficient I don't think about these things. I, I, it's like COVID hits and our world changed very, very little. Now I will say we upped our gardening game and you know, there's, there's things we did, but generally speaking, it was an, we always, I always mentioned to Wendy, like, man, I'm so glad that God moved us at the time he did. It obviously had such a plan because we would be the people scrambling. We would absolutely be the ones wanting to move to land if we had no backyard like we had at our last house. You know, it's like those kinds of things. It's like a little bit goes a long way. But that was our long-term goal. We've achieved that. We still have desires and plans. But in our transitionary time from where we were as early married renting people to now... Some of the things we did also were we had a bug out plan, which looked different than anything looks right now. I mean, we literally had trusted friends 
that we had a we had it extensively talked about if xyz happens <laughs> then we're, our three families are going to meet at your dad's property at this location and that's just agreed upon all three of us know we don't have to call each other and tell each other hey is it now are we going like we'll just know if that's what needs to happen then these three families are going to this location that's a bug out plan if you know you know we're being kicked out of our house or it's no longer safe or whatever i mean that's good to have just for natural disaster purposes also of like a place you know you could go if you had to leave your house for some reason right but we had that extensive plan and we all had certain preps that we were all responsible for that we were going to bring collectively to that location which also brings about a prep of community right who do you trust? Who is your inner circle? Who is in your neighborhood? Who's at the end of your road? Because those are the people you're going to weather the crisis with probably first, whatever the crisis is. And now in our position today, we're prepped for ourselves, but we're also in a position where we can help other people who might not have, like I've told my sister, you know, like, hey, if you can get here, <laughs> you've got a spot to come, you know, if you need to, to get out of where you're at for some reason. And um, you know, that was important to me to not just be able to uh, support our family or be prepared for our own sake, but also to help serve others and help other people, whether that storm, whatever that would look like. And then another thing we did in transition was bought a camper, which served as both a bug in and a bug out. It was something we owned. It was a second home for us and it was mobile and we could go wherever we needed. And also with a camper, it was always prepped with food. It always had, you know, the it tools was we would ready need. To go. Always That's ready to go. How we kept it. And again, not anything out of the ordinary. Just ready ready to go camping, you know. And we did ha do a couple things to it to make it more self-sufficient. So it had solar. Larger and, tanks. Uh, larger storage tanks and stuff. And again, though, uh, it dual-purpose lifestyle. We loved camping. We loved road tripping. And so when we went and purchased that, made that ex that expenditure, we considered pr preparations in that, okay, well, we if we're going to buy a camper, we wanted to have solar, have larger storage tanks, you know, those kinds of things. And it's, again, a little bit goes a long way. And it was. It was our, um, hey, worst our case scenario. <laughs> I'm pulling my family in a camper and we've still got a home, you know, it's something, you know, and again, that's just might be, you know, my, my lens on life, but that, that was a great thing to know in my back pocket. Now, since then, we've also been able to use it to serve others, like to allow other people to take refuge in it. And we literally actually had family members take refuge in our camper during COVID. when they fled a city a metropolitan area and were able to we had a a set up area and it was very early on in the pandemic when we really didn't know a lot about what was going on and it sure came in like extra helpful that when they're coming from you know say new york city where there's a huge you know shutdown over this and no one knows really how bad it is or not that we were actually able to isolate from them because we had a entirely separate living unit you know so um when wendy was kind of coming in and touching on community it's like it's also not about 
just us. And I'm going to, I can't speak about this without also speaking about it from like a Christian point of reference, but it's like, that's what we do here. That's what we do here. And we are, it's just not about just taking care of my wife and my kids. That's like a primary responsibility. But obviously, if you've read the Bible, we are called to so much more than that, that that that's while it's a primary responsibility for a husband, father, um, as a family, that is like just a jumping off point. So like, I, I don't buy toilet paper to hoard it. I don't buy food to hoard it. Like we, it, if you have the right perspective, I, I, I look at things and I go, you know, I can't be responsible for everybody, but I actually feel pretty confident that I can take care of the people, um, on my road for certain things. And, and we have, like we gave everybody a pair of radios for Christmas one year. (laughs) We're the weird people that did that. And it wasn't even about giving them radios. I mean, that was, it's kind of a, you know, a token like, Hey, you know, your community communicate, you know, the, um, it was, but it was like meeting our neighbors and getting to know them. We were the out of towners, you know? So just being bearers of gifts, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, if I, in let's just say this in a pandemic, if I have medicine for everyone on my road, well, guess what? There's not a pandemic on my road that, and I know Ooh, that that's I, good. I know it's not that simple, but, but it is, you know what I mean? Because if there's food shortages and people are hungry everywhere, but I have enough food to feed everybody on my road, there's not food shortages on my road. And again, I can't be responsible for everyone, but a little bit goes a long way. That's awesome. That's really good. So let's talk just in closing here about some things to consider in terms of some more specific preps and some things that you can get um, to prep on like a larger scale. And by larger, I mean outside of your flashlight and your first aid kit. Um, obviously food canned shelf stable frozen food uh, we have acquired two new freezers <laughs> since the beginning of the pandemic well yeah let's talk about that because food I first off I will say I do not recommend buying those buckets of dry powdered dehydrated food no no here's the thing canned food will last for a few years when you get a new can of food, ideally you put it in the back of the line, right? We're not talking preparation preparations of 10 years worth of canned food here. Yeah. Very, very few people are doing that. But if you have twice as much as you think you need, again, this comes back to being able to serve others and having more than you might think and for a worst case scenario. But canned food is plenty. Don't buy anything you wouldn't eat or wouldn't want to eat. This is preparation. So like later on during the zombie apocalypse, when you go to the store, mm-hmm. the, the the deserted store shelves, and there's one can of string green beans left, yeah, you're going to eat that. You're going to eat whatever's there. But right now is the time that you, if you're preparing, you get what you actually would want to eat. Now, not a lot of us eat a lot of canned food, but it's your opportunity to get stuff that you would actually 
sort of enjoy. Another uh, method is freezing, you know, an extra freezer. Not everybody has room for that. Not everyone wants to, you know, pay the electric bill for that, but it's really not that much, you know. What... And you can often save a lot of money buying a half a cow or a quarter of beef or what have you. Sometimes it's more affordable that way. Depending on where you live, that could be that could definitely be an option more to for come you. on that i know wendy's shamelessly plugging it i love it um uh, that's something that you know we're doing in grazer for those of you who aren't familiar check it out grazr.net but um there's freezing there's uh, canning canning home canning uh there's dehydrating um, that. we make this year we turn two deer into venison jerky the kids it's love delicious. it delicious uh, jerky's the one of the most expensive ways to buy meat, but when you make it at home, it's one of the cheapest, and it's always better when you make it. So again, a lot of these things too, I'd say it, it's a it's a little bit of like we're we're talking a little deeper here for maybe more lifestyle people, but it's like every one of these things like our kids are involved in. My kids were there when I shot the deer. My kids helped, helped me clean it, clean it and get it. Um, my kids helped me make jerky. Uh, you know, I mean, and they eat it. And they eat it. You know, we have canned pickles. We have canned uh, jalapeno peppers. Um, I know we've canned other things too. We're not like the craziest canners, that's for sure. Um, oh, we've made uh, cherry pie filling out of cherries from mm -hmm. our orchard. Um, we've also made loaves of bread and fro froze them. Um, we've zucchini we've bread. made tons of zucchini tons bread and of frozen zucchini that. bread from our um, garden. And all these things our kids are involved with. So this is not just like, it's such an opportunity, not even to teach your kids about prepping, but about like life, like skills. Cooking, like real, canning. Yeah, totally. This is like... Absolutely life skills. Even if it's not stuff that they go on and do every day in their life, um, it's such like forgotten, tangible, good stuff for kids to be involved with. Water. This is one I think people end up getting like multiple crates of bottled water when really you can go a lot further with like a water filtration system or a water purifier, right? And those are relatively easy and easy to store because they're small. So that's kind of a better option. Um, and then, of course, collecting rainwater and using that sort of thing, especially out west where you don't get as much water as we get here to water a garden or, you know, just thinking of those sorts of things. And just a couple like ideas, you know, for people. How confident are you that your tap will stay on or or that it will be clean? So, you know, it's, if you've ever lived through like a, a boil water alert, you know, where something contaminates contaminates the water system that happens in places and and you have to boil your water um what does that look like are you prepared to do it you know are you prepared to maybe do it on a slightly larger scale there's personal filtration systems there's one called life straw gets a lot of hate because it's a bit of a mall ninja thing but it does work it, it uh, it's more something for your go bag where you can literally drink water out of a dirty puddle it's like a straw tube device and it will filter out 99.97 probably better than the water coming out of our tap it, it point is it's not uh there's different sort of uh ways solutions for different things they make i forget the brand name of them i don't own any but uh, they have these bags that f you can fill up off of your tub and they'll fill your tub so like the moment something, you know, goes haywire, 
you fill your tub full of water in a bag and you've got you know 40 plus gallons of water in a bag um, again these things might sound a little off the wall and crazy to people but it's like $12 for that bag and you put it in a little prep bag in your house that you may never use water obviously is critical water is something that will cause you to be reactionary if you don't have it you will need to get water so again it's something that you want to have a means one form or another there you go vitamins and medication we kind of touched on that a little bit currently important vitamins to have are zinc vitamin d vitamin c those are big ones having medications like you can go i don't know if you guys you can go to america's frontline doctors or download the push health app those are two ways that tom and i have been able to um, meet with doctors and get both ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine as drugs to have on hand in case we need those things i'm big on the kids stuff kids like... tylenol kids ibuprofen you want both because you have to alternate if you want to break a fever that's going longer than just one dose of tylenol yeah i mean this definitely gets into you know spending money you know and i not everyone has different uh discretionary budgets for these things but again, grabbing an extra thing every time you go to the store just prioritizing you don't have to do everything, but for me, even when I had far less discretionary money, my kids are like number one, right? That I want to be, I want to be prepared to take care of my children more than anything else, you know. And uh, Pedialyte, cough syrup, Pedialyte. We've always had like I always have made sure I have double or triple what I even think I might need to have. I mean, what is like eight dollars worth of off-brand fever control to know that i have what i need when tom was a firefighter i was at home by myself so in the middle of the night i'm not going to take all of my children one who's sick to the store to get the thing <laughs> so it's just being prepared at home because fevers generally happen or spike in at night and if you are home by yourself and there's no one else to watch while you run to the store those are great preps to have um, and I already mentioned, but Zofran's another great medication to have, you know, if if when my kids would get um, nauseous or have the f stomach flu or whatever, even though it's not necessary to go to the doctor always, sometimes it's good to go and get a prescription for Zofran and then just have it on It hand. is a prescription. And so, you know, we should say that, that it's prescribed by a doctor. Yeah, Zofran is huge. Where it really comes into play is in a bad situation where you can't get to better health care but you i mean uh dehydration vomiting and uh diarrhea kills so many people in the world every year like you don't we take it for granted because it's not some we can always get care in the developed world for those things but it's a killer and so it's one of those things that from a to the degree you want to take your preparations, um, it truly can be a life-saving drug. We talked about first aid supplies and some, you know, advanced options like blood pressure cuffs and whatnot. Any other things that come to mind? Again, like if without the training, a little bit of training or knowledge, it's just not going to mean as much, but you got to be able to stop bleeding. Um, that it's simple. I, I'm not trying to make it sound uh, like something for for 
not for everybody, but it, it, it is so simple, but you got to have some basic stuff. It helps a lot. I should say, I mean, you can always come up with stuff, but it helps a lot. Um, you know, a tourniquet or, or two, there's a lot of different kinds, but you know, knowing how to use them. Um, iodine. I, I, yeah. Oh, that's even, we should really touch on that as antiseptic. You know, what are you going to clean wounds with? Again, uh, you can survive a wound infections what you know kills you or iodine or, hydrogen peroxide yeah. rubbing alcohol three easy ones we use them all the time on the farm yeah. i i reckon iodine is the most expensive but it's the best um hydroxygen hydrogen peroxide is like a dollar for a quart you know it's um super cheap same thing with isopropyl alcohol uh isopropyl alcohol burns um when you put it on but it kills everything uh hydrogen peroxide <laughs> uh doesn't burn as bad as alcohol but and, and is more of a surf surface level antiseptic um and iodine uh penetrates deep and doesn't burn um but it costs about 10 times as much but you're still talking you know six seven dollars for a bottle um so you use the you use the hydrogen peroxide for the 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 cuts and scrapes and you save your iodine for when you really need it but yeah you can't say enough about that a little bit goes a long way seeds a really important prep to just have if you want to have your garden you can either collect your own seeds from your garden or just we have a seed catalog that comes once a year and we pick out a bunch of stuff and we just have seeds on the farm you know that we can plant if we need to or store that's an easy very simple affordable thing to store um, and can even be used for trading, you know, like having seeds is as good as money if uh, things go real, real south for a long time. There's a whole concept of like food forests and, and uh, you know, kind of growing food, not lawns. Like if you YouTube any of this stuff, again, it kind of comes back to where lifestyle can mix with this uh, so beautifully. If you already love to garden, you know, you're prepping, you know, you're, you're doing something where you're going to, you have some level of of not having to depend on the conventional food system, you know, and 99% of us don't grow our, all of our, our food, like probably 99.9% .9 of us don't. But again, a little could bit you? goes a long way and, and you'd be surprised at what you could do if you had to. Another thing on the list is alternative forms of money. You know, we're big, big, big proponents of silver or even gold if you can do gold, but silver is a huge it's always had value it will always hold value yeah the alternative currencies as you were saying precious metals they are known as like a safe haven for dollars a lot of investors use gold and silver and these things as when they're losing confidence in the dollar or the economy they rush into precious metals which hold their value and there are many many cases historically i mean gold and silver have been used as currency basically somewhere in the world since the dawn of time where do you get it you can go to local coin shops pawn shops online i mean to plug i have heard good things about sd bullion there's a there's a bunch though there's great 
different places and it is kind of got this is going deeper into the rabbit hole but there is more and more and more concern about hyperinflation which we already did a podcast we've already done on. a podcast I'll on i'll link it uh de- the devaluing or even the end of the dollar the dollar is not backed by a precious metal or anything tangible which makes it what's called a fiat currency and uh, therefore, it is only propped up by the authority and value placed on it by uh, society and the, you know, the government. But... Uh, and we all know how that's going. <laughs> every fiat currency that's ever existed has come to an end at some point. They actually have a life cycle closer to 100 years. Ours is over that, but it kind of depends on when you start measuring because... We've only been unhinged from gold for about 50, 60 years. But silver is often referred to as the poor man's gold. And all coins, all uh, or not all coins, let me take that back. It's uh, dimes and quarters and half dollars made prior to 1964 and older have 90% silver uh, content. And so a lot of people purchase those. Definitely if you have any, set them aside. And then you can buy one ounce or half ounce rounds or bars. And the idea is that you look at places like Venezuela, Argentina has been through this, Zimbabwe has been through this, Ukraine has been through this, Weimar Republic, the Balkans, all over the Balkans has been through it, Romania. I mean, you look through hyperinflation, through hyperinflation. I mean, the more you look, there's just like so many stories. And these are like in the last century, you know, like these are not like 400 years ago. These are very relevant. And and you can see why so many people believe that we very well might be on a crash course for this is because they have looked at the history and compared how eerily close we are and how similar our circumstances are with the dollar. So uh, all that to say, silver is an important prep. If you have some it does not hurt because it brings you currency with liquidity. A lot of people have the mindset of, I'll just barter and trade. Well, if one guy needs lumber, and but you've got eggs. eggs, like it doesn't work. But silver creates that liquidity where you can get your lumber and they can get their eggs. And, you know, you use the currency. Why did we come up with money in the first place? Because bartering is... Limited. It's limited. Not that easy. Yeah. So that is a prep. We are, it's a higher priority prep for us at the moment, just because of all of that. We used to live in the silver state though. So we we, did. We were, we got ahead. We were all about it then. So tools, another prep, uh, depending on where you live, what you might need, but that's always a good prep. And we always think of it as an alternative way to either barter or make money. If for some reason we couldn't make money the ways we currently make money. Yeah, we've, I mean, this, this is definitely, you know, deeper level, more, We're there. you know, catastrophic uh, situations, if you will. But yeah, you just want to think if, if I couldn't do, if things changed drastically and I can't be a accountant or a secretary at the law firm because that's just like not a thing in the newest biggest greatest depression or whatever what could you do I mean you know it again it could be your hobby well oh, I like to sew you know well make sure you have a nice sewing machine because that could turn into your backup way to feed your kids lord knows that that actually you know is a 
extremely undervalued thing because right now we just you know throw garments away and buy <laughs> new ones but you know again it, it doesn't have to be like a massive like out of your comfort zone expensive i'm gonna buy a trencher so that i have another form of income should the world collapse you know it can just literally be like what what fits me what what maybe my land offers something maybe my a hobby i have it, it just alternative ways in a difficult situation to feed your family we talked about this too, skills. What kind of classes can you take that, again, might be a hobby? Sewing, canning, first aid, CPR, etc. We actually recently had the opportunity, which we didn't, weren't able to go to the class, but um, it was uh, combat... What was that? Oh, it was like combat first aid class. Yeah, combat first aid or like trauma first aid and it was i'm like that's really interesting i would love to take that it was that put class. on by a vietnam field doctor yeah i'm, I'm sure like had some good stuff that would be interesting even if i never hopefully have to use any of that those would be good squill squills skills to acquire um books we have so many books when i laugh at what must what people must think we have a huge bookshelf in our living room and uh there's books like when there is no doctor and where there is no doctor you know every pill that exists the we have a book is where there is no dentist I, we have that too good. where there is no dentist like books that nope don't read them don't plan to read them but hey it'll be a good book to have if i don't have access to a doctor or need that um how-to books are great and good to have on hand. Again, if you didn't have access to YouTube, how would you get this information, right? It would be good to have a book. We have a lot of things we keep in the camper in terms of like what mushrooms you can eat and what ones you can't eat, what kind of wildflowers are there and which ones are edible. Just stuff like that. It's fun to look at with the kids when we're on a hike or what have you, but also would be a valuable thing to have if we needed such a thing. And then, of course, you need things to protect the things that you've got, if you know what I'm saying. Well, and I'm going to start with talking about that by going back to community. I <laughs> always say, the in these situations, and I'm talking whether it's a power outage for a day or the zombie apocalypse, who you can count on and trust is the number one most important thing. So in when you think about that, you know, do a quick like examination of who you can count on and trust. And I'm talking like you would if you had to run out the door, leave your kids with and you just wouldn't even have a thought. Like now this could be a family member. I hopefully it is for Wendy and I you know, we don't live near family, so it's like, it's different, right? Um, but it's different for everybody. We do now. We do. We do have family members close-ish, pretty close. But it's all relative closeness and stuff. But uh, the that is such a critical thing because those are the people that you're either going to want to bring to you or potentially go to, depending on the severity of the situation, right? And when it comes to protecting your family, yourself, your property. Surrounding yourself with people who you can count on 
and trust with your life is absolutely critical. Critical. That being said, I'm glad that we left this for the end because it's sort of a pet peeve of mine in this discussion that there's just such an emphasis and a sort of cultural stigma that prepping is all about guns. And it is so not. Like, as you can see, we've just had an hour-long discussion and there's just everything to it. Guns is like merely that thing that protects the things the things and the people that you're trying to prepare for to protect um from a a a very niche threat because guns are not going to do you any good when the tornado's hitting or the floodwaters are rising or the wildfire fires closing in they're not going to do much good for you when the power's out i mean now all those things could lead to an environment where guns might come in handy but the vast majority of rational preparation does not require firearms. Now, I would still say I am very much all for them, but I don't. I don't want to mislead someone into thinking that that is the the first beginning order of or the first order <laughs> of business. Like it's just so not the case. Um, but it's surely a capstone to you know addressing the the threat of violence towards you in a worse scenario it it, it really is more on the worse end but we also know it can be a day-to-day threat but that just gets into security and personal defense you know and that can happen any day it is preparation but i have to say to speak to preparation what we have seen if you don't own any firearms you probably are not aware that the access to ammunition has decreased dramatically, if not entirely in some cases, over the last two years, three years, five years even. I mean, it's been a slow decline, but I mean, what good is it to have a firearm if you don't have access to ammunition? But it is evidence of the need for those sorts of preps, because if you no longer have access to the thing, then that prep becomes entirely worthless to you. So it's good to have those things ahead of time before they're, they become harder and harder to get. Well, and, and also I just want to say, you know, it, the, of everything we've talked about tonight, it, you, there's not much that you can hurt yourself with irresponsibility or hurt someone else with irresponsibility in the prep world. Firearms is a whole nother thing. So you're either super familiar with it and you're like, Tom, you're not telling me anything I don't already know. I'm super ready to go. Um, Or if it's new to you, it is just not something you just pick up. Now, I encourage new people. It is absolutely, there's something out there for everyone. If you have a desire to... uh, you know, have a firearm. A firearm is a uh, playing field leveler. You know, that 90-year-old grandma, when some thug bursts into her room, if she's got a pistol in her nightstand, he is no better off than anyone else. She is on the same playing field as him. So there is a time and a place for these things, but you, you need to know how to use them 
it's not something you just rush into. But again, there are so many resources for getting training, and it that that could come from a a, a trusted friend or a uh, local gun shop that offers training. I mean, there's the the we NRA. We took a concealed to carry permit class together, and I. The guy said I was the only person who ever brought a nursing baby into <laughs> his class. So hey, there's something for everybody. There. That being said, there is. Uh, it is something to be taken very seriously if you're new to it. But there is something for everyone. Uh, again, I'll say a little bit goes a long way. Uh, you don't need a big old blaster. It just. Uh, Nor do you need many, 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 many firearms. Right. Yeah. Now we can get into. We could go on and on about, uh, and there's like a bazillion YouTube videos of the the five must have, the three must have, the zombie apocalypse six. You know, the <laughs> if you could only hold one gun in each hand, which two should it be? I mean, there's like a million videos. Do telling they you talk that. in that voice? They do. Grand thumb. Um, that grand thumb, highly recommend him. He's a fun guy. Um, YouTube, but, uh, yeah, they're, uh, right now I'm a big fan of encouraging people to get into 22 caliber pistols and rifles. It's a great rifle. It's a great cartridge to learn on. It's cheap and comes in bulk cheaper. And it is a lower recoil that is not going to be as intimidating or harsh for someone who's not used to it. From there, you can basically you learn for cheap and if you want to go up and get a big old 45 handgun, you'll have a kind of a good handle on things if you started with a 22. Same thing goes with rifles. Also, a 22 or any of these, not just for protection but also for food providing. I mean, a 22 is generally sufficient to you could provide food for your family probably not killing a deer no actually that's the crazy thing now you're not allowed to use a 22 long rifle in most states for large game hunting but the truth is is there's nothing in north america that a 22 caliber rifle cannot kill well there you go that's a good option well thank you that is a lot of information again check the show notes i will include a blog that will help walk through the various stages and some of these lists we've talked about, and hopefully that will be an additional resource for you. Aren't you guys glad someone asked me to do this kind of podcast? A little bit of a different direction, but I'm so glad to do it, and I hope that you learned something. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wisdom and the forward thinking that we were able to explore and collect through my husband Thomas today, Lord. We're just grateful that faith is a prep. We know that you are the author and perfecter of our faith, and you are also the author and perfecter of every step we take. We know 
that tomorrow is not guaranteed and some of this or all of this will be in vain potentially. But we put our trust in you above all else. We put our confidence in you and know that you are in control and that you are sovereign and we have nothing to be afraid because of that. But if it is in your plan, if it is in your will for us, Lord, please convict anyone who hears these words to do whatever it is you would have them do to prepare their family for what's coming, Lord, because you know you see and you win. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.